Do you guys think men are more confident than women or do you think men are better at faking it? And are we all just faking it? Birmingham pound and, you know, trying to keep the money in Birmingham. You know, what, why should why should we go and use someone from Manchester when there's a really good company in Birmingham? And then, like, 40 people turned up and then, like, I had to down, like, two pints because I'm like, oh, my God, how can I say <laughs> people? It was terrifying. Because he's like a little celebrity in the jewelry for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please you are. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 0121. Adam Barry here as always. Lee is still MIA. No one knows what's happened to him. We haven't seen him for weeks. I think, he's, I think he's kids at school now. He's at school, at I think he's kid. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, as always, we're, we've got the, the fantastic Andy Taylor. Thank you. Nice to be here. Good. You well, Andy? Pretty well, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Let's um, let's intro our amazing guest today. We've got Kirsty Smith and Ches Thomas on the podcast today from Digital Cake. Uh, but that's not all they do, um, but I won't go into that now. Very, very entrepreneurial, and they are empowering women, not just in the region, but across the UK and then further afield. And so this is going to be an absolutely belter of a podcast. Uh, can't wait for this. So shall we get into it, Andy? Let's do it. Hold on, but before we do, we do oh. the review and the subscribe. Uh, I could have give you a heads up there, really. But that's what I was trying to aim for. If you can leave us a review, and if, if you don't want to leave a review, at least subscribe. Come on. If you're from Birmingham and you've not subscribed, then shame on you. Yeah. Yeah? You need to be on the you 0121, and you need to be subscribed, and you need to be leaving reviews. Even if you don't like it, leave a review. Let's get into it. Right, let's get into it. Welcome to the 0121 uh, podcast where we talk about all things Birmingham, celebrate the amazing things that are happening in Birmingham and the amazing people. I am Adam Barry and I'm joined again by... Andy Taylor. Andy Taylor, do it famous then, yeah. Andy okay. Taylor. We scraped the barrel again this week and brought him back. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the first check, but uh, I'll take your word for it and I've turned up again in good faith. I do appreciate it, Andy. I think uh, I really enjoyed last week's one, actually. I thought that was pretty good. You were on top form and oh, you got a few. Okay. You were on top form. Yeah, I thought you was uh, really good. So we've got two amazing guests on today. We have got Kirsty Smith and Cheryl Thomas. Cheryl, sorry. That's, uh, I, read, I read that as I seen it. Cheryl. Cheryl. Maybe <laughs> not Cheryl. Cheryl. Or Ches. Cheryl. 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 Ches. Ches. We'll go with that then. Ches Thomas from Digital Cake and... They are pretty big on the scene in Birmingham. If you're listening to this and you're from Birmingham, you've probably already come across them anyway. But I will let you guys uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you do and why you're here. Great. Thank you so much for having us, guys. So um, I'm Kirsty. I'm the marketing director here at Digital Cake. I am, what do I say? I'm a Brummie. I'm from, the, I'm from the West Midlands and I've lived in Birmingham for the last seven years. Um, and most recently joined Digital Cake as marketing director uh -huh. two years ago. Alongside my work at Digital Cake, I also run Social Circle, which is a, it says here global, and I love that because we also run events in Sydney. So Sydney to Birmingham, Social Circle. Yes. Social Circle global to me. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a um, monthly social media meetup for social media managers or anyone that's interested in digital marketing. So I run that as well. And I also um, guest lecturer at BCU. 
So I used to work part-time at BCU working on the digital marketing course as a lecturer and I've stayed around to run some guest lectures for those guys and I'll come on to it later but I also run an annual conference for them. It's called Forward and the next one will be Forward 2022 and we've had the guys from Electric House come and speak at that as well. So I've you know, a few hats, but I'd say, yeah, my main role is to help support our clients with all their marketing needs through Digital Cake. Yeah, you, you kind of miss business partner. Well. I'm a business partner <laughs> of Digital Cake. And I know what Ches is going to say. She's going to say, I've done all the talking and her introduction is probably going to be like one line. Yeah, well, not as much, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm Cheryl, maybe, yeah, referred to as Ches, even my mum calls me Ches, so that's fine. Um, so I co-own Digital Cake and the operations director, so I oversee like the website development part of the business. So me and Kirst work quite well together. Um, quite well. Quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are like that. We are we are joined. Yeah. So Harper and Lucy, something that I started. I don't know if you're aware of that one. Just in 2012, I started an online vintage company. So I say online. We also did sack sales. We did retail. We had about nine stores. And we were the number one boutique on ASOS Marketplace as well. So. So that is like my moment. And then started Girl Code as well. So that started in 2017. Yeah. 2017. Just like a, an event in Birmingham for females who want to get into digital marketing and development. Wow. You're both very entrepreneurial with, you know, lots of different business businesses, initiatives all across Birmingham. What are the biggest things you've learned from your various side hustles? Oh, we've written quite a few things down for this, but my biggest one is there is no secret recipe for success. Have you heard of that book from Tim Ferriss, The Four Hour Work Week? Yes. What kind of crap? <laughs> Unachievable, right? Yeah, I just think the, there is no recipe for success and I just think it's all about absolutely like working your asses off. So what I've learned from my various side hustles is just work really, really hard, but not so it's detrimental to your health, which I've written mm. down because obviously well being's a huge, you know, something that everyone needs to be aware of. So that that's that's the big one for me. Work really hard. My second thing that I've learned that I've written down written down is it's all about relationships. So just give without expectations and treat everyone with the same level of respect. That's like a really big thing that I will always carry forward. So no matter anybody's role in a company, treat them all with the same level. I've got one other and then I'll pass the chairs. There's this guy, I'm just saying he's a guy, his name's Pat Lamb. He is the coach for Bristol Bears Rugby League. Now, I'm not into rugby at all, but my partner was watching a this programme the other day, and Pat Lamb has got this roadmap, I'd say, or a framework for business. And I only came across this about four or five months ago, and I was speaking to Chris and Chairs, my business partners here at Digital K, and I absolutely love this. So this is something that... I will always take into any business idea. It all starts with the vision. So the vision at the top. And if the vision is aligned, the leadership team will follow. And if the leadership team are following the same um, same vision, the culture falls into place. And if the culture is right, then the deployment will be there. Yeah. And I'm like making a funnel, and I know no one can see that because we're on a podcast. <laughs> That, that for me is also the biggest thing I've learned. So any side hustle, any business that I've started off, 
it is starting with understanding what that bigger purpose is and what it is you want to achieve with the vision and everything else follows. So they're, they're my, my biggest things I've learned. Yeah, I think you're talking about culture and relationships as well. I think that's why we work so well together to have two female leads in the company. Like we just work really well together because we respect each other and we're friends as well as work colleagues. So we didn't know each other before we worked together, but now we're us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then like what have I learned I guess it's not just asking like demanding a seat at the table like I don't say like just knock on the door and go I'm joining this uh, senior team meeting it's just making sure that you get what you want out of people and out of opportunities so even this morning when we were having a catch up with our team one of our teams doing like an SEO audit and like I know that people in that room want to learn more about SEO but they won't like say oh can I join that so I was like who wants to shadow autumn with some SEO then they go oh yeah actually can I or can I and you're just like guys just get in there demand that seat at the table like if you want to learn something put yourself forward for it like but you can do it in a nice way you don't have to be like awkward about it do you, you just kind of go I want to get involved with this yeah I mean that's sort of lacking in confidence perhaps and and I think that's can be said for some uh, females particularly in the digital world that perhaps have ideas for businesses, but don't have the confidence to sort of follow through. What, what would be your advice? How can they get over that barrier? Sure. So, so I, I, I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go first, but then I'm going to pass to Chess because yeah. I was very, very lucky to be brought up in a family and with surroundings where I've always been encouraged to do whatever I wanted to do. And I also really feel that from the support that I've received from my male counterparts during my career. So I, and I'm, I'm taking the questions first. <laughs> I'm quite confident. So, but I can really see how it does affect women. But I think I'll probably pass over to Tess. No, but I think even that in itself, like you are more confident than me. So you answering the first so that I can get like my thoughts together. That is supporting me with Good. this sort of thing. So <laughs> <laughs> we can see it in action. It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Confidence thing, I guess the difference is like Kirsty's had a different upbringing to me. Like I had a loving family and all that sort of stuff, but I had like you know the the more like strict Catholic Irish upbringing, and like, my dad was like you know girls do this and boys do this, and like at sure. school I really wanted to do woodwork um, for like years ten and eleven, and he was like no, not a chance in hell. You're doing office applications, and I was like oh, what? I don't want to do office applications. I want to get stuck in there with the lads and get my hands dirty. I kind of not resented him for it, but it was just like. It was just so easy to do office applications and I really wanted to challenge myself and I wasn't supported in that family environment. But then I've got brothers and they did support me, that sort of stuff, and kind of like got me to help them out over the years and then just found my area that I really like grabbed a hold of and like excelled at that. And now my dad is like coming around to the fact that like, oh, she does know what she's doing. <laughs> but then I think another thing is just like women supporting women as well. So one thing like I noticed that whenever I post on LinkedIn, I would say nine times out of ten, it's a, it's a bloke that likes it or comments on it. Like, I very rarely get women supporting me on LinkedIn. And right. I don't know why that is, what that is, but we do have, like, some women entrepreneurs who we work with as clients who get that sort of same reaction as well. They don't always get supported other than their close-knit friends. They do get them people going, oh, like, claiming that maybe they've copied some of one of someone else's ideas or it gets a bit bitchy or... Right. like break that wall down and kind of open more of a community. Do you guys think men are more confident than women or do you think men are better at faking it? And are we all just faking it? Oh, I would say, I would say, I sorry, think... Ad, I was just nipping and say, I think we're all faking it. 
Yeah, but, uh, I've been faking it since day one. Really good question. I think, <laughs> um, I don't know, I, I've always been confident because I've always felt like I've needed to, to be more confident to make up for my lack of uh, intelligence. So that's kind of where I feel. I've always had like that imposter syndrome and, you know, I didn't go to university and have the really good education that other people had. So I'm always like, don't worry, I'll, I'll make up for that with just pure confidence. I just think everyone suffers with it. I think it is, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I can't really speak for women because I'm not one, but I, you know, having spoke to a lot of women in the business, it is more difficult because there's still a lot of companies that are like heavily dominated uh, by men and even, you know, like sort of like those executive roles, board roles, you're just not as represented is what I've been told. So I think it is more difficult. I don't know. It's uh, it's a difficult one to answer really when, when I'm not in your shoes, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. I'm still I'm still faking being an adult. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm 51 and I'm still faking being an adult. God, so yeah, the rest is fake as well. I'm sure. Yeah, just like the imposter syndrome of it all. You know, mm. I, know I know this question was specifically about females, but I just wondered if it if if it's just that men do have that confidence and women don't, and I guess that's what we want to try and resolve don't we and change yeah. i think i think it adds to the fact that you know we, both of our businesses sit in sort of emerging sectors that you know nobody's really got 25 30 40 years experience of, of doing what we do far less than that i would say in both cases and therefore it's not like we're um stonemasons or something like that that can be fully confident because we're from a long line of stonemasons i don't know why i chose stonemasons but uh, <laughs> like a traditional thing and, th and therefore we know what comes next and we know how to do it. It's ingrained in what we do. Everything we do changes all the time as well. So how can you be anything but winging it to, to a certain degree? Because you don't know what's ahead of you. Yeah, totally. And I, I also think with women, I just think they're less likely to maybe ask for that support or understand where they're strong. And then almost be like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go and find someone to help me do it. So that's also something I'd say to women, you know, don't, or, and men, just don't worry about knowing everything. No one yeah. knows everything yeah. in our industry. And just, you know, ask, ask people when you need help. And just, you, you even said that, and don't be afraid to like, pay to get that help as well. And don't just expect people to help you. But yeah, if you want some value, then don't, yeah. And it's also just like, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's something that I've just had in the back of my mind all the time. Like... If you want something, like ask for it. Like what, the worst thing is they say no, but nine times out of ten, someone's going to say yes and help you or put you in the right direction at least. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I, I think that all the time. Like no one's going to do it for you, so you've got to make those moves yourself, haven't you? But what you're saying there that brings me on nicely to to the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which was girl code and how it's you know supporting women in business. So do you want to talk us through through that? Girl Code's kind of evolved over the years. It started with like, I was trying to find developers and we had two lads who were developers and obviously wanted another girl in the gang. But say like, we got about 50 applicants and only like maybe one who were female. And I was just like, what is going on? And our digital marketing team at the moment were female. And we were just talking about like how weird it is that there's just not, what is it? like? why is it more men and why is it like women not getting involved and why do women more go to digital marketing and then we were talking about more about how marketers and developers ha uh, communicate with each other and there's a bit of a barrier there as well like 
it's kind of like an eye roll when one asks the other one for a favour or how to do something. And there's, we don't have it in our company, so we try to stamp out and like be a bit more positive towards it. But I know in previous agencies and uh, businesses, it's kind of been a bit of a weird area. So that's where the first event came from. We wanted to like break down that wall and talk about how developers and digital marketing talk to each other. And it went down really well. And we were kind of like, we, we did it at a thousand trades in jewelry quarter. And honestly, like, we thought like oh we'll spread the tables out and like my mom can sit there and your friend can sit there and we'll try and make it look like a lot of people but then like 40 people turned up and then like i had to down like two pints because i'm like oh my god how can I <laughs> people? it was terrifying but it went down really well we had some great speakers tara tones from east village did one of the talks as well and she was amazing and like so many hands went open questions and it wasn't just like a female crowd either it was men as well who wanted to get involved and then it kind of just changed because it wasn't necessarily about getting girls into development it was just like empowering women in digital so we had speakers who were like life coaches giving like speeches as well trying to just say like you know ask for what you want we had people like Faye Presley who's the COO at Banty um, she did a speech as well um, we had a lawyer from Shoesmith who was just like her imposter syndrome and how she got rid of it and like you know she carried a heels in a bag but she always had like pumps on because like she was always running around and she didn't want to but it was just it was just yeah that's where it started but now it's kind of just like a safe space we just come and talk to learn and we've got some like great partnerships like school of code as well and now we're just kind of changing it so that we can because of lockdown we didn't get to do our events and yeah but we're now changing it to focus more on e-commerce and birmingham women businesses so that we can do more of like a shop front and like try and like bring people in and their products so that we can like shout about them as well okay sounds sounds pretty good and how many how many people are involved in girl curl now is it has it grown from that i mean it started off pretty big so yeah it kind of it's it's a like a pause point at the moment until we do this like rebrand over the next few weeks i've just had the rebrand um, last week and then we're going to launch a new website so we want to create this bigger community of business owners as well. It's not just about digital marketing, but getting all these, like when you go onto the Birmingham Museum's website and they've got all these like local makers, just bringing those into Girl Code as well and supporting each other and just knowing that they've got, someone's got their back if they want to talk to somebody about something. And we just launched, we helped uh, Luna Loves London, a denim brand launched recently. They did their own website, but we helped them just have a bit of support for free just so that they had a female team that they could talk to as well. And what resources exist for women? You know, where can they go if they need additional support outside of what you can offer with Girl Code, I guess? Yeah, it's, there's not a great lot. We were talking about this earlier. I think Instagram is the best place to go for connecting with like-minded people. I think there's a place called Lemonade Gang. Um, they're on Instagram. It's like a female fr- freelancers network, which is really good. We've got Digital Women. Very, uh, yeah, digital, digital, <laughs> digital women, it's great. They've got uh, a mission to empower one million women to be skilled in digital. So there's a free Facebook group you can join. You can pay for like VIP access, get um, invited to events, etc. Really, really good network to be in. So I'd recommend digital women. Not a Birmingham no. network. Uh, is that Lucy Hall? Is that the same people yeah, yeah, behind Social Day? Yeah. It is, yeah. So I'd recommend following their activity. It's a really good good aim, isn't it, to have that target to set out to have a million women. It's a real bold sort of goal to go for, isn't it? I like that. Definitely. Social Circle, Circle which yeah. is my event as well. I mean, it's not necessarily just for the ladies, but female-founded. Female-founded, and we run a monthly event, a monthly podcast. Uh, so... 
obviously giving Social Circle a little plug. There's Blog, which is a cool creative event that used to take place in Digbeth. I think they're running those online now. So that's a, again, it's national, but I know there's a Birmingham event for that. School of Code, which Chess mentioned. Yeah, so they do free cohorts. Um, it's like a boot camp for coding, but it's it's quite full on intense. So it's not one of these things that you sign up to like on Udemy or something and you kind of forget about it after a few weeks. You're in, well, you were in there nine till five, five days a week, three months, and you come out and you are a coder. We've actually taken on someone from School of Code as well, Mel, um, our first female coder, who's amazing. But yeah, School of Code's a really good one. It's free and they get booked up really quickly. So it's definitely something for people who are listening and interested in getting into coding, then School of Code chance to go. Yeah, we, we actually had School of Code on. Um, yeah, yeah, one of, one of our first uh, podcasts. Um, and and what, yeah, it's really interesting what they're doing. They're killing it as well, aren't they? Yeah. And such a nice team, like, yeah, we had them speak at one of the Girl Code events and everybody was just, like, hanging on every word. It was just, it was really good, wasn't it? I was going to segue into a top top fact about code. I'm all ears. Yeah. Who doesn't love a fact? So, yeah, Ada Lovelace is the first original coder, like, mathematical engineer um, back in, what, the 1800s? So my daughter is obsessed with, like, female founders and just, like, reading all these, like... You've seen those, like, books, like, the Little People, I think they're called? Little People, Big Ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, but she's in one of those, but it's just a nice little fun fact for the day. Yeah, so code was invented by women, and now we can't find any female coders. Yeah. So, yeah. Why? Where did it all go wrong? It's really interesting, isn't it, with the coding, because they're all just stereotypical, just like white men. Um, and it's like that classic sort of, this is how, uh, I think it was Chris who came on, uh, explained it like that, that old school nerd who like knew how to code in the bedroom when they were teenagers. They're the people who just become coders. And that's why there's a shortage because people don't think they can go into that industry. Whereas actually is, is it, you know, it's now becoming more accessible. So you're seeing a different, different type of people entering into that industry, which is good. There's just loads going on in Birmingham. Isn't that, that until we started this podcast, we didn't really know. And then when we started to look, because we was like, okay, let's start looking for guests. It was like, we didn't realise how many amazing things are happening. And one of the things that I found out as well, because um, I was reading through the notes, I do read the notes, Jamie, was um, <laughs> some of the businesses you've worked with, and one of them is Muck Motorcycles. And I've been looking at getting a Muck for like the past 18 months. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, every time I, I look, it's like weather like this, and I'm just like, oh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not uh, ideal, is it? I'm waiting for my free one. Are you, are you, is that what you're angling for, a free mutt? I said, well, I always wanted one, but my husband was like, no, you're a mother and you've got to think of the kids. And I was like, that is true. However, if I just rode it around the jewellery quarter, then it's all right. And we could just have it in the office as like a display piece. So um, <laughs> I have uh, dropped that little gem. And how cool would that look in the office as well? Yeah. They I are decent. You one lying down, just like you can have it lying around here. And then Gabby's like... We're going to call the other day and you just put the video in and went, yeah, I've got loads lying around that you can have. I was like, can you just send them over? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I, I'm really, I really want to go because they've got like a coffee shop in their sort of yeah. like their showroom type thing, haven't they? Yeah, so I went to Digbeth, I went to their launch party in Digbeth like years ago. I didn't even know them at the point. And my friend was actually doing tattooing as part of the launch party. We just went, around, went along for the free drinks. It was like free cracking. So it was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Um, and we were just patting and doing burgers as well. And just, it was just a really nice vibe. Even though like me and my friend were the only two girls there, or maybe another girl. It wasn't like 
not that you'd be aware of this, but if you're a girl and you walk into a bar full of blokes, it's quite intimidating, but it wasn't at all there. Like, mm-hmm. everyone was just so friendly. Nobody, like, hit on us or anything. It was just, like, a really nice, cool atmosphere. And that's kind of, like, why we want to work with them as well, because they were just... It was just really nice, really nice relationships, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is. And, and, and one thing that we're trying to push at the minute is, obviously, we want to talk about Birmingham and, and big Birmingham up and work with as many business uh, Birmingham businesses as possible. We had PJ Ellis on of uh, Love Brum, and... He talked about the Birmingham pound and, you know, trying to keep the money in Birmingham. You know, what, why should why should we go and use someone from Manchester when there's a really good company in Birmingham? So it's always, you know, we're always looking out for those opportunities. Yeah. But why, why do you think it's important that we, as Birmingham businesses, work together? Well, we, we've written down, like, why wouldn't we? It's Ace and there's so many Ace companies here. And I think it probably notes as well, but our motto is we want to be better for ourselves better for our clients and better for birmingham we really want to put birmingham on the map for digital marketing services yeah create opportunity for brands and people and i mean birmingham is just so much full of history and it's just i just love the fact that you can get like the canals we've got more canals in venice who knows that that's like my friends get sick when we're hearing that (laughs) like you can just jump on like now and then just go straight across the Brimley place in like literally five ten minutes like what the city has that it's just beautiful and there's just so much here and like we're in the jewelry quarter and you walk around there's just like little nuggets here and there and people will come out and talk to you, you and go and talk to all the jewelers and like because like a little celebrity in the jewelry quarter <laughs> <laughs> oh please you are <laughs> I, I walk along the streets and i'll be like all right, Tina. Yeah, hey, Alex, you're right. And like, if I'll be one of my colleagues, like, you know everybody. But I think it's mainly because I just drink continuously in a thousand trades. That is true. In fact, a thousand trades, written that down. Birmingham is the city of a thousand trades. Yeah. Like, we should be so proud of that. Yeah, and there's so much investment into the city at the moment. I was just into the radio, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying, like, how do you know um, how well a city is doing? And they're like, oh, well, the amount of cranes that you see in the city. And they were like guessing with the host, like who's got the most ones. He's like, you're all wrong. It's Birmingham. There's currently like 19 cranes or something. We can see them. Yeah. <laughs> we've got like the Birmingham skyline from our office. It's just great that people are investing here. And like, I think we've got like the quirky architecture. We've got the old school architecture. It's got like the Jordanport workshops. We've got like the library. See the library from here. It's just beautiful, isn't it? I definitely think it's on the up, and I think the profile is going to be lifted. Things like the Commonwealth Games and. Um, BBC are moving a lot of stuff there. There's going to be more creative stuff going on because it's kind of been pushed out of the second city type place by like Manchester and stuff like that, hasn't it, over the years? Um, mm. Certainly creatively. So it's time for a re-emergence. I'm interested in, in digital cake and, and you're, you're like Shopify experts, aren't you? It's, it's safe to say that, right? Yeah. Um, and what I love about Shopify is it's a platform that allows pretty much anyone to open their own store in, in a way that they just wouldn't be able to sustain sort of traditional bricks and mortar. And I was going to ask you, what is the most unusual or, or most niche Shopify business you've supported or you've come across? Oh, everyone's niche, aren't they? Everyone's niche. I think that is quite niche to run a Shopify store because most bike websites are, you can't buy on a website. What about like how awesome Treatbox is? So that's, yeah. I like the sound of that. Talk to me about Treatbox. <laughs> Where can we find them? For a gift, Treatbox is the one. So it's female um, 
brand as well. So we launched a new website that went live two days ago. It's been quiet for a while, but it's a Shopify website and you build your treat box. It's less box friendly as well. And you can just like pick a box like five, seven or 10 items. And then you just go through it's like nice well-being gifts. And there's like biscuits and socks and it's just really cute. And they like fill it with like confetti and it's nice tissue paper. And you can have like um, upload your own photos to put in there as well. And it's like, it's, it's super cute. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, many times. <laughs> I will make a note. Andy, you know what to get me for Christmas now? Yeah, a little treat box. Ooh, yeah. five, five items will suffice. I don't think we need to get to seven or ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put a mo- mo- motorcycle in it. Do they do big boxes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jams I, I also well. want to say what we do for 304 is quite niche. So 304 Clothing, another Brummy brand, mm. you can customise your own clothes. Oh, yeah. So you choose the colour of your t-shirt or your hoodie, you choose the logo and then you choose the placement. So it means you can buy a one-off piece. Oh, wow. And their, their kind of premise is that don't keep buying clothes, buy something that you actually actually love and want to keep forever. And you're going to want to keep it forever if you've designed it and it's a unique piece. Yeah, I like so that. their custom build pretty cool niche piece of functionality that we launched as well isn't it yeah as far as like clients go it's mainly around fashion and lifestyle isn't it and my Miji. i mean oh, how cool so are the nice. my dolls yeah like Birmingham as well. collectible dolls that you write a message and then you put it in the bottom of the doll and then you will send it to a friend and then they like discover like a little hidden message wow so that's pretty niche yeah pretty cute yeah is that enough? <laughs> yes, yeah, more than I hoped for. That's amazing. And, and the fact they're all Birmingham as well is even better, isn't it, for the podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Birmingham is at the heart of everything we do because of the backstory of the brand. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know, I've heard of like our clog story. No, we'll hear it. No, okay. Do you know the Oasis fashion market store? Yep. Yeah, yep. so uh, Chris... Um, the co-owner and my husband, he, so his family owned the Oasis fashion store back from like the seventies. And their plan was, you know, to get, to create a retail presence for small businesses. So having those little small marketplaces, you know, whenever we talk about the Oasis marketplace, someone goes, oh yeah, I used to get my hair dyed there. Oh yeah, I had my first piercing there. So it's quite like- It was great, yeah. The landmark of Birmingham. And they had cogs in there, which sold like Dr. Martins, New Rock, Converse, uh, eventually like Australia. Um, yeah. And then it grew so big that Chris came back from London and like helped his dad out with the business and then it grew to like 50 million turnover. So I started at Clogs when it was in the basement of the Oasis with like six of us. And then it was like a case of when we when I left, it was offices on New Street with about 40 staff. Gravelly Hill wow. just stayed with another like 40 staff. So it became a bit of a beast. And we were the first like on time online retailers of shoes as well. So we had really good relations with all our brands. And then JD Sports got involved in 2013. And then I started my own business and then Chris stayed on with JD Sports, helping them take in new brands as well with the business. And then and then yeah, the agency was created a few years later. So but when we were doing clogs, there weren't any agencies, like no one knew SEO, no one knew how to do PVC. We had to do all in-house. Um, right. And that, we were kind of like the anti-agency. So everything we did, all my website development, I did, I learned in clogs, messing about with websites and like, you know, creating black holes and the website would disappear for 24 hours and I'd like panic, it'll be away from me. We don't do that in <laughs> <don't> do that. <laughs> That's why shop was good because like that wouldn't happen. Live and learn. Yeah. But those are back in the days, you know, like you're loading a product and it takes all day to load one product because it's like slow internet speed. It was just yeah. 
horrendous. But yeah, but now like the mission is, you know, we started with the retail and that retail business for small businesses and now we do that online presence for small businesses as well in Birmingham. So yeah, proper from you circle really, isn't it? It's um, like providing the service you wish you had back at Clogs, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, basically. Because we can understand the retailer and those pains and stresses and it's not just doing like you paid advertising, it's the whole package, like having the conversion rate, looking at the logistics, like what's your warehouse doing, what's your cost of sale, like everything, it all comes into one package. We don't just look at just no channel vision on one area. I like it. We we must have a mutual uh, connection as well because we know Nick Thomas. <laughs> How do you know Nick? <laughs> we've known we've known Nick for, for a while, while now. now yeah. So yeah, Nick. When Nick worked at Built, Built, that oh, was it. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. 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 So we we met Nick when he was doing Built, and and as you was talking through that, I was like. Okay, well, I know someone who was involved, and then and then other thought, oh yeah, and your last name's Thomas, and so it Nick clicked. My manager, Nick hired me. No way. Chris in the business for the first year I worked there, so I was in the basement, and them two had different offices in the way, so I never found them. I felt like they just kept you in the basement chair. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one guy walked Donkey in the office once in the basement, and oh. like there was no windows. Obviously, it was horrendous. We all had to like just leave. We couldn't, you know, work from home in those days, and it was just like. Hurr. Anyway, back to Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Nick left a few years previously. But yeah, he was my line manager for quite a long time. So yeah, brother-in-law. No way. <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Right, I think we're I think we're at the the here of the week part of the podcast now. So this is uh, your opportunity to talk about your hero, and you can have more than one if you uh, if you want. We have. <laughs> yeah, we we did say it was one to begin with, and then every single person that's come on has gone. Yeah, I've got more least. than one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can definitely provide this for you guys to add to the show notes. But yeah. we really wanted to hear of some of the women doing some awesome stuff in Birmingham from like an e-commerce point of view, a creative, a tech point of view. So we've got a few. Are we allowed to just yeah you, through them? As many as you want. Yeah, not a problem. Cheers, guys. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll share them. So e-commerce, you heard of Pinks, Pinks and Chances? No. Okay, definitely check them out. Uh, Zoe, so small e-commerce agent business, definitely worth looking at those. Alex, your favourite? Oh, Alex Nicholson Evans is the commercial director of uh, Birmingham Museums Trust. We've just launched them a new website to help the charitable trust during COVID times and drive more sales through their online sh online shop. So a little bit of a plug for our website, but a massive plug for Alex. She's also on the Jewelry Quarter Development Trust and runs Living for the Weekend. She is like a Birmingham powerhouse. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really sweet to her. And obviously one of our brands, just Molly, giving Molly a shout out in the warehouse. Like it's an all female team, their warehouse. And Molly is just like, Ultimate girl boss. Three or four clothing, really funny. Three guys run the business, all the women do the work. And then their agency, <laughs> Digital Cake, it's me and Katie yeah. and Autumn that run run their account. So I like the I like the clothing. I've I'll follow them on Instagram. Yes. Cool. Three oh four, yeah, really cool. Uh, where are they based? Are they based? Do you know Kingsland Business Centre? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just down there. Amazing. Yeah, Sean, John, and DM, DMP. So, yeah, really, really lovely. We love having them in the office as well. You went for a drink in the day, Yeah, get them on. They're yeah. great. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, will sort, Jamie will sort it out. Jamie. Obviously, we have to chat about PNCO because they are our first proper client, I would say. And um, we built them three or four Shopify Plus websites now and just. 
go for global domination. But there's two girls in the business, both called Lauren, different sides of the business, but they are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to work at Pinko, which I think you guys picked up before when you spoke to Addison. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to, um, I, I, I didn't know you used to work there, but I was just about to say we had Addison on. Yeah. And that was a really good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting story. Chris. Another small world. Chris is also the non-executive chairman. Non-executive chairman for P and Co yeah. as well. So. Oh, okay. Kirsty, was you there when the uh, the, the yeah. warehouse burnt down? No, I, I was after that. Okay. I after that. So I was there. That's actually how I met Digital Cape because I was the oh. consulting for P and Co and Digital Cape built the website. So we in the jewelry court at the Argent Centre. It's like a courtyard, and we had the office at the back, and Drew and P and Co were opposite us, and we just saw their flag in the window, and then we heard about the fire, and I, I went around and with the banana bread cake, and I was like. And then she was like, Do you want to? <laughs> but yeah, Heroes uh, Creative. Have you heard of Jodie who did Million Little Letters? I think she did a podcast podcast recently with Ian Wright as well. So definitely oh, nice. her. She's amazing. Lucy McLaughlin, you have heard the artist. So you would have definitely seen her artwork. She does these massive pieces of mainly like black and white. Do you remember the old library it had like a big bird on it and like the black and white? Yeah. That's Lucy McLaughlin, definitely. Oh, okay. But she does stuff around the world. I think she does some work in America, but it's like a big piece down there. Anyway, Tess, Carrie Lawler, have you heard of her? Carrie Lawler, no. She's like, I think she's like 18 now, but 16, she's got like two PhDs. She's the founder of Youth for AI, so getting young people into AI and development coding. So definitely worth speaking to her and having Yeah, people. I've just had a message from Bex Juicing and she said she's on the list. So we will get, get to speak to her at some point. Yeah, we've been trying to get her onto Girl Code, but she's busy little bee. So, yeah. Kerry George, digital product manager at Gymshark. So, you know, the app with all the workouts and stuff. So, she runs that. She's amazing. Um, and then agencies. Yeah, we've got a couple of agencies to shout out. Sally from SHC Digital, awesome little boutique startup agency in Digbirth, who we work closely with. And that's how I run my social circle podcast and events with. And then we also love the ladies from East Village PR. So Tara Tomes and then Hattie, Hattie. and Jodie. So they are our ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. You got you got uh, plenty there. I've actually met Sally. I think I met Sally uh, at BCU. I think we yeah. had a panel there when we done a. She was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Definitely also someone else to have onto the podcast. I'd suggest. Mm, yeah. She's really so you, you've managed to plug a lot of people there. Well done. Mm. Uh, but now you get the opportunity to plug yourselves. So what are you up to at the moment? Uh, what do you want to shout about with Digital Cake and beyond? So I think we've probably just like snuck in some of our clients and websites. But I, the biggest thing we're plugging at the moment is just our vision. So, you know, I talked earlier about vision and leadership and culture and deployment. So the vision for Digital Cake is just to exclusively work with fashion, e-commerce, lifestyle brands that are on that scale or growth journey. And what we want to be for Birmingham businesses and beyond is that one go-to place for all of their holistic e-commerce needs. And I guess how we want to do that is almost like we run a program of activity. So if you're a brand, you join our program and it will be exclusive and there's certain spots to get onto the program and we help you with that journey. So it's our new product development, really. Mm. So that, that's what I wanted to almost finish on, just how we are 
I guess, innovating and changing how agencies typically work with brands. We don't want to offer just like your pay-per-click or come to us for an update to your Google product feed. We want to onboard these brands that are have a growth mindset and take them from where they are to that where they want to be and almost like wrap ourselves around them. With Chris and Chaz's experience of being retailers themselves, my experience from digital marketing and social media point of view, I think we've got the team behind us now and the resources behind us to really take these brands to the next level. Yeah. So that that's what we're working on really, just that package to help support those brands and staying true to our vision of supporting the brands and supporting Birmingham and the people of Birmingham. And our team as well. Yeah. Go team! <laughs> <laughs> that's love a it. really interesting approach and I think it, you know, it, it leads to the long-term partnership where, where it just gets better and better. We've worked with a lot of our clients for a long period of time and, and you just get more comfortable and you get more honest and... And, and everything works better and better the, the closer you get and the longer you're with, with the client. And I can see that if you get in early stage and, and really help them on that journey, that it's, it's only going to be in both your interests, really, because you'll do better work for them and, and, and they'll be more open and honest with you, which is great. Definitely. And I think you're so right, Andy. It's all about the honesty. You know, we almost say, well, we'll get you to this point and then fly, go, you know, we'll help you get your team in place and go and do what you want to do. You know, we're yeah. not... We're just, yeah, up for whatever it takes to get them to where they want to be. Yeah, we want to get to that point as well. We don't take on people who would just like see us as like a service provider. It is that partnership. So I think that's key for us. Yeah, I think that's the way you have to do business now. It's, it's completely changed. And I think with everything that's happened in the last sort of 18 months in the wider world, that's where people are going to win. I'm building those relationships and not just offering a service. You're in, you're out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do as well. Listen, I was, I was impressed with what you were doing from the notes. And after speaking to you, I'm even more impressed now. And this is why I love Birmingham because I've just learned so much. And this is why I love doing the podcast because it just means that we just learn more about what's going on in the city and anyone listening can as well. So massive thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Apologies I had to nip out at one point and answer the door. But that is... Uh, that's no, one noticed. no one noticed that. I covered it. Can you sort it, Andy? Thank you, yeah. mate. <laughs> that's great thanks for having us it's that's been, been really, really good we've been following electric house for a while and like everything you put out is so good it's just like oh, it's just a really strong brand and like yeah really good to have i think brand. in in the next series we'll have to get the studio set up in the office and and we'll do it in our office and then maybe go for some drinks after yeah, or, or during yeah or during, yeah, during <laughs> and after <laughs> i love yeah. it so yeah thank you very much for coming yeah, on thank you both. yeah we'll see you when we see you Uh, Well, that was an amazing episode. It's so good to meet both Kirsty and Chez. They're doing some wonderful things and certainly things that I'd not come across before and some amazing people that they name checked as well. And I've got lots of businesses to check out, particularly Treatbox, which sounds phenomenal. Uh, How did you find it, Ad? Yeah, I loved it. I think we do have a lot of people from from Birmingham on, but... Kirsty and Ches seem to like know more about Birmingham than anyone we've had on so far, which again is just refreshing because when you're getting asked like, oh, do you know this person, do you know that person, do you know this business? And I'm like, no, no, I don't know any of these. It's just a nice thing to to sort of like hear about because I don't think we're ever going to get to the end of, uh, of a list of like all the amazing things that happen in Birmingham because new things are popping up every single day. Uh, so that's kind of what I took away from it. It was just nice to hear new stories about you know exciting young people and businesses in the region (laughs) yeah it was
<laughs> Andy Taylor doesn't want to do any back and forth uh, conversation there. I think he was, uh, he was, his mind was elsewhere, maybe. Uh, or uh, I think he had a mini stroke. He had a mini stroke. Um, <laughs> but yes, he's, he's now responding as well, don't worry. But we also, you know, we, we kind of spoke about some other people. So Chris from School of Code, he came up, uh, who we've done a podcast with previously. So make sure you do go and check that out. PJ Ellis as well. Great podcast with PJ. Addison from P&Co. So make sure you go back uh, and listen to those as we talk about all things Birmingham 0121. I might do that. I might go and check those out. You, sh- you should do Andy. I mean, the fact you haven't listened to them yet. Is, uh... <laughs> Andy hadn't listened I to have. one podcast prior to coming on uh, as, as a oh. standing host for Lee Wilcox. Uh, but I forgive you, Andy. I'm winging it. Winging it. Really, really good podcast. Please, please, please leave a review. Let us know what you thought. Let um, Kirsty and Ches know what you thought as well. I just thought it was a really good podcast that that's definitely up there that's up the top and i've only said that once um before off air as well so you know we don't want any favoritism but that was a that was one of my favorite ones uh, that we've done so far so please leave a review and subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of 0121 i've been adam barry i've been andy taylor see you later bye 